I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Elliot. And Damla. How how are you? Uh, not bad, thank you. How how are things? How how's it going? You alright? Uh, I'm alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm alright. I mean <coughs> it's a bit <coughs> it's a bit foggy in here, do you know what I mean? Can someone turn on the funny the bloody what's it called? The fucking <laughs> air. Yeah. The air. Doctor. <laughs> Yeah. It was a bad joke. Let's move on. Anyway. I tell you, you've got to stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> a joke, of course. Um, I don't partake in such things. Um, and if you do, that's your business. Because we don't care about that. But yeah, so you're good? You're good? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you, know the, you know the drill. I'm doing all right. You know, not really, but we're here. And I'm going to be having fun. Because that's what we do. Yeah, we have fun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like the week. So, so do we have? Do we have our favorite corner? No, <laughs> that's shit. Are we? Are we doing three mile corner basically? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me go there. Come over here, three mile corner. Over here, come on, <laughs> come over here, come on, hurry up. Uh, yeah, no, we do. We do. We have. 
we have, as as per usual, three lovely emails and three uh, lovely people. Well, not really lovely, but you know, seem nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first one here is from MJ, and they say. Hello, Judah, Elliot, and Damla. See, I did it again, defaulted with your name there. But, yeah, you did I did it again. It again. But it again. Uh, they say hello. Uh, my name is MJ, and I've been listening to your pod since October on the bus to and from school until I caught up. Uh, and now I'm listening to this episode release. I've been doing a watch through of the entirety of New Who since May last year, and I finished series 12, so I officially only need eight more episodes until I've seen every single New Who episode. So close. I've already seen Power of the Doctor because I wanted to have seen an episode of Who Live. Uh, which I mean, is honestly fair enough. Uh, anyway, I tried to look for a Doctor Who podcast talking about it because my brain would not stop thinking about it afterwards. Uh, I had my autism assessment right before Christmas and started telling them all about uh, the little fun facts you guys have discussed on the pod and ended up having a bit of, big old rant about Moffat. Shake's fist. Sorry, I should have said it in the pro... Moffat. Hey, Moffat. <laughs> the, the, right, the right enunciation. So no one's surprised. Uh, I was diagnosed and watched Runaway Bride when I got home. So fair. Also, some of my personal opinions. My favorite doctor is ten. Favorite regeneration is nine. Favorite master is Missy. Favorite companions: Donna, Rose, Clara, Bill. Favorite soundtrack is series nine. Yes, purely for Shepherd's Boy. Favorite TARDIS is twelve. Doctor with the best speeches is eleven. That's right. There's a lot of good condensed facting into yeah. one sentence. I like. That. Thank you. Appreciate and love your pod so much. Sorry if this is a bit long. Hope you have lovely days, MJ. Yes, I'm on team. It should have been called Come Along Podcast. Listen. Thank you, MJ. <laughs> listen, I'm going to say this now before we talk about your lovely email, MJ. I understand that I am I'm the problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, it's me. Okay, I know that. Come Along Podcast is better, but Come Along <laughs> Pond Podcast... No, see, I just did it myself. No, so come you can't even say Pond podcast is searchable it's it's if you if you, you search it up online you'll say oh what's that it's a podcast come on people you, you, i love alliteration as well pond podcast that is pleasing to me all right but i understand that i fucked up i get that i get that was the the soulless money man looking for our place in the charts we were all about the art kidding of course and it's <laughs> been able to give us cap with two p's um exactly if you like Calling it Come Along Podcast, just yeah, do that in your spare time. Exactly. That's fine. That's fine. You know, it's cool. Unfortunately, we're shackled to it now. Well, we did think about changing it at one point midway through, because you can do that. But then also, mm-hmm. it's, fu- it's it's now just a running joke, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's funny. It's funnier, if anything. Like, I don't actually feel that strongly about it. It's just enjoyable to get emails and tweets and everything in where people get to complain at you for not having a good pun game. <laughs> you just like being right. This is what it's about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But anyway, thank you for that lovely email, MJ. Really appreciate it. We love. I love hearing everyone's like opinions on like their favorite doctor, favorite companion, favorite soundtrack. You know everything. I love that kind yeah. of thing. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was lovely to hear from you. We have another email here from Nat, and they say hello, gorgeous people. I don't know who Nat Ooh. could possibly be referring to. Maybe my wonderful co-host. Aww. Nat here, checking in from Sydney, Australia, where we say <gasps> TARDIS just the way you like it. TARDIS. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Nat. <laughs> sorry, yeah. <laughs> you, you might remember me from an earlier correspondence on Instagram being a high-maintenance river girly. As you can probably tell, I'm a pretty recent convert and only just 
here a few real clues that my girls are going to be respected, e.g. the Doctor and River comply the TARDIS. Preach. Speaking of the Power of the Doctor episode, I just wanted to reach out to say how much I loved your take at the beginning of the episode, speaking on kindness and remembering these are real people. Agreed of it all and genuinely appreciated it. I love hearing critical views because I don't want to live in a world of toxic positivity, but the fandom has so much hate sometimes it can be equally toxic. The balance you've struck is so fun. That's what we aim for. That is literally what we aim for, so thank you. As someone who has no one to talk to Doctor Who about, I am loving your podcast. I am chatting back regardless like a crazy person, so I hope you appreciate that. Of course. You have some really great takes, and I am invested. Loved you both. Nat. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you so much. But yes, love right back at you. Thank you for your lovely email, Nat. And our final email here is from Ian. And Ian says, Hi, Elliot and Damler. Stroke, Damler and Elliot. Love it. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Big fan of the podcast. Thanks for making it such a fun and nice place to engage in Doctor Who. I'm emailing from Glasgow. Lovely. Glasgow. Sorry if I've ever done... Oh, okay. Well, I was going to apologize <laughs> if I've ever done uh, offensive Scottish accent on the show because it is you know, something I enjoy doing. <laughs> Damlo just coming out there with the the really bad... <laughs> Glaswegian. <laughs> my word. A little bit about my love for Doctor Who. Fake Doctor growing up is 10, now re-watching. I think it's 12. My favourite episode of Doctor Who has to be between Turn Left and the Husbands of River Song. Alex Kingston saying, Hush, Mummy and Daddy are talking. Lives rent-free in my mind. Favourite companions, Yaz, Donna, Clara, Martha, and of course, Queen Rose Tyler. Favourite twist, either River being Melody when we saw Twelves during the 50th or The Timeless Child. When I was stressed out and needing something to uber-focus on, I open my notes on my phone and try to name all the new Who apps in order. So I can spend a good hour just writing the episode, and it does calm me down. Questions? Oh. Questions? Mm. Out of three runners, show runners, should I say, of New Who, RTD, Moffat, Chibs, are there any stories, companions, doctors that you wish one of them could have written for the other, if they didn't get the chance? That makes sense. Tommy Wimey. I would say, to answer that question, and I believe we're answering it in the correct context, I this is what I think. I would love to see Russell write everything. Um, no, I'm joking. But also, I'm not. Um, I'd love to see Russell <laughs> write for 13. That would be mm. so gorgeous. Just gorgeous, honestly. Like, I would love that. What about you? Funnily enough, I was going to say the same thing. Ooh. Because of the sort of family element uh, that you have with yes. like, Yaz's family. I feel like some of it's trying to sort of, you know, do some kind of Rusty Davis stuff. But... Um, it's funny that I should say that because I might give a different answer because uh, Ian here says, uh, for me, I would have loved to have seen Rossi Davis writing for Peter Capaldi and Whittaker. Both of them had such potentially strong companion storylines, Thasmin and the Fan with 13, Bill with River and 12, uh, but I don't think either were explored as well as they could have been. So that is a fair enough point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's hard because I only really like the writing styles of Rossi Davis. You know, for for me personally, the the sort of dreamlike fairy tale surrealism of Stephen Moffat doesn't work for me, and I wouldn't like to see it transposed onto another era. Um, and you know, I'm just not that crazy about Chris Chibnall's kind of you know stand around and talk writing rather than doing anything else. So, you know, it kind of leaves me a bit barren, I guess. Um, so I'll cheat and I won't go for New Who showrunner. Uh, I will say that uh, Philip Hinchcliffe and uh, his Ilk from the start of Tom Baker's series, where everything's really gothic and dark and serious. That would have been cool for them to work with Christopher Eccleston because he would eat that shit up. So oh, yeah. I've cheated, but I wanted to give a different answer. So I hope you're okay with that, Ian. <laughs> uh, 
he also says, I would have liked to have seen uh, Christopher Chimeral writing for River or Amy Pond, just to see what differences there would be. Actually, I think that would be quite interesting. Yeah, especially um, for River. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love the pod. Thanks for everything. Ian. He, him. Thank you, Ian. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. So with Email Corner being done, thank you for all your emails as always. It's time to start your engines and may the best woman win. So today we are talking about episode three of series three of what? Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 14th of April 2007, directed by Richard Clark. It was written by Rusty Davis, and it's called Gridlock. And boy, <laughs> it's an episode, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, it is an episode of Doctor Who that happened on the 14th of April 2007. <laughs> and before we talk about that, episode that was brought out on the 14th of April 2007. Elliot, I have a question for you. I know what this episode's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. And I know what IMDb thinks it's about. And I know what new, 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 new York thinks it's about. However, I don't care about that because I want to know what you think it's about. What is it about? What is it about? What is it? What is it? What's happening? Tell me. Now. Immediately. I think it's a good old Cautionary tale of, you know, next time, it's a, it's a lazy Sunday, you look at your watch, it's half past three, you think, I've only got half an hour till the shop closes, you want to get some milk, you think, I'll just take the car. Don't. That's what the crabs want. <laughs> Don't give the crabs what they want. Crabs are bad. And, it's yeah, it's how, it's how <laughs> the crabs fucking suck. <laughs> I have the, the dirtiest mind I've ever met. Don't get crabs, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god <laughs> I know there's so many things I'm not going to say what do I think it's about well um, Devil, what do you think it's about this is what I think it's about we love cats we both do we both mm. love cats I have a cat yeah who I had a cat yeah he's fine he just lives with my parents however you know they're not all what they're cracked up to be because they can <laughs> tend to be homophobic <laughs> So just be careful of homophobic ginger cats who homophobic, drive cars. Homophobic cats. Very, very weird reveal in this episode. Yeah. But also, I've met some cats and I'm like, I know, you, you're, so, you're so homophobic. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny about that, though? My cat's an actual lesbian. Yeah. I'm going to explain why. I know nobody asked, okay, but I'm going to yeah. explain. Yeah, um, no, I know. I would like some elaboration. I feel like you can't just throw that into the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, my neighbours have cats and they're all boys. And every time mm. they come over, she hates them and hisses at the window and just goes like, you know, pat, 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 swat, swat, swat at the window. I was playing the mating call of a female cat on my phone because it came up on my For You page when I was scrolling TikTok. And uh, she was sat and paying attention. She was like, what's that? I'm interested. So she's lesbian. That's the conclusion I came to. And do you know what? Yeah, she is. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Well, congrats. 
Yeah, thank you. Do you know what? That was a really mo- big moment for her. Like, I just outed her on the internet. Wow, I'm such a piece of shit. Never, never talk to me or my gay son ever again. <laughs> 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 I want to start with something really, really irrelevant so I can just get it out of the way. Sorry, other than your cat's perceived. How dare you? That's so relevant. For the same sex. <laughs> it's so relevant. Um, okay. I love the way David Tennant says, Mighty Glass Dome. It's got a lot of words in this episode. Yeah, and I love it. A lot of words, lots of lots of angry words. <laughs> word of salad. Words. Yeah, um, it's good. Good words. But yeah, mighty glass dome. I like that. Dome. Yeah, it's very nice. I something I enjoy that I guess we can discuss throughout the whole narrative thread of this piece um, is that it's nice to have. Russell back in the writer's seat because ten in this episode is not just kind of a dick for no reason. Exactly. There's lots yeah. of lots of relevance here. Other characters acknowledge it. Martha acknowledges it. It's fleshed out. It's nice to have some kind of competency back behind the wheel for this episode. Where I don't hate him because I understand everything that happens and why it happens, and every character talks about it, and Martha gets to express her opinions about it. It's very nice, very cathartic. I'm gonna say it straight up. Right up top. This episode does not get the love it deserves. I think this is a fucking fantastic episode of Doctor Who. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed myself rewatching this for the millionth time. And every time I forget how good it is. Yeah, it's surprisingly really enjoyable. Like, really like, enjoyable. Like, I'm actually yeah. actively, like, I'm sat, I'm paying attention. Yeah. Whilst also doing really important story beats and setups and emotional payoffs yeah but committing one cardinal sin in my opinion which we'll get to. oh no oh, okay i thought you were going to say it now we'll say oh, it, we'll we, say can, it. We, can, we can it's up to you we can get it our way up front if you want but, you go know. on no go on don't keep us waiting life's too short go on tell us why why macro why why ruin <laughs> them what's the point why they're just why? dressing at the bottom of the thing you could they don't need to be here they add nothing to the story why why bring them back for the first time since the 60s and the only time just to go oh they'll just sit around it's such a good idea the the idea that the macro feeding off car fumes is such a good idea but they're sentient they should be in charge they should be manufacturing the cars they should be making people get onto the highway so they can ooh have all the nice fumes but they're just there. And David's yeah. like, you know, oh, I suppose they're just kind of like normal animals now. No. They're in the last story, <laughs> Patrick Troughton's last adventure with them, they were in charge of a whole colony. That's the whole point. It's so, oh, it just I agree, it, it, yeah. it annoys me <laughs> because I like the Macra. Everybody likes the Macra Terror now. Since it got animated, everybody was like, fucking hell, the Macra Terror is a really good story. And it is. Why, why do they need to be Macra? Or, yeah. or, can you please do this story again? But, you know, because that's the reason I can't be too mad at it is because the stuff that it chooses to focus on other than the macro is good. It's interesting. I like it. But give me this story, but focus on the macro. And I'll also like it, please. Because I think please. you bring up such a good point, And I'm so glad you did bring it up because I think the weakest moment for me in this episode that weakest thing is the macro because it makes no sense. It's like it needs to be a villain. Yeah, really, you know? I feel like they could have just had it where like the fast lane is there, but it's not actually a fast lane, and it, there's a malfunction. So it just you you know the fumes because there's so many fumes down at the bottom. 
it, you know, yeah, it just shorts out, shorts out your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, instead of you know having to turn off the engines and have that moment where they're like, oh, we're going to suffocate, you know, it just malfunctions the car. I don't know, something, anything like that, where you have to turn it off for some reason. I don't know. I love Macra. So cool. You yeah. Know. But here we are. Yeah, it's a thing. Let's save it for later and bring it, it up again. Thank you for letting me have my Macra moment. No, no. Thank you for sharing your Macra moment. It was... I was going to make a joke with an M, but it didn't work. Anyway, um, Mighty Glass Dome. It was molto bene. Molto bene macro. So I'm going to start with the one Tenth Doctor thing that really fucking annoyed me. Yeah. Why are you taking Martha to New 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 York? Why? Why? Are you why are you doing the rebound for? It's very annoying. It's very irritating. Stop it. Just stop it. I yeah, but I'd like it less if it wasn't addressed in the story at all. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's the fact that he, it was addressed. Yeah, but if he didn't get called out for it, then I'd be more like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But it's the fact that Martha was just like, so you took me to where you, you took Rose. He's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. There's a lot wrong with that, you dick. Yeah. I will say, though, immediately I love the world that we're kind of flung into. Like, for 2007, which is when it came out, it looks good. You know, it's very dark. I love that alleyway where the mood patch selling people are. I don't know what you want to call them. The market people are there. Like, you know, it's raining. It's dark. It's kind of green, grey. Yeah, It's nice. It's a, it's um, The production design is good. Like I said, I like the rain. It's kind of Blade Runner-esque. Yes, yes. It's like, very uh, that, yeah. Future blend of people dress up like sort of modern day fry cooks, but also the writing is kind of Asian inspired. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, it's a very yeah, it's very interesting. I like it. And then you get like because the whole thing with the mood patches is very dark. It's very very dark. We'll say though the mood patches look so rubbish. Like you can see the sticky tape underneath. You know, like it's it's also uh, an element that I would also have just gotten rid of entirely. Well, no, see, I think... Well, or no, increase okay. their presence in the story. Personally, like, I just... Okay, I agree with that. I love the idea of the moon patches. A pandemic, you know, the whole pandemic thing was insane. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think the whole time I'm like watching it, I'm going, okay, but like what... How, like, what is this... How is this fitting in with the sort of central... Yeah. Theme of the of the story and... Is it just a plot device mm. to have a virus happen? Yeah. Above surface, like I don't, I don't know. I was just gonna whole time, I was gonna like, eh, it's it's not annoying me, but it's it it's skirting along the lines of necessary plot involvement. Mm. I I think personally for me, I love the uh, the use of it, but I do think it could have been even highlighted even more. See, I would try and do it the other way around, where. The moo patches are sold to passers-by on the motorway to make them feel better about their terrible, shitty situation. Um, yeah. And you know, to inject a bit of happiness into their life. And it's because of that, you know, I mean, they're already sealed underground, so the virus doesn't you know, mean anything. But, you know, they're protected from the virus. Yeah, I think I agree with the whole use of, like, I think that's a really good idea, like, getting people to... 
use the patches and they're reliant on them almost because of how dire the situation is. Um, but yeah, like yeah. when Cheen uses it, played by Lenora Critchlow, who I love, love her, love being human, just saying. But um, I still absolutely fancy the hell out of her. Right, we're going to get to that. Put that on pause <laughs> for two seconds because we're getting there. Um, when she uses the honesty patch, things like that. And then like the girl who comes to forget her parents, which is so sad and so dark and just Yeah, I like that. Oh one. wow. And I and I like that it gives you it gives Martha a reason to trust them straight away because she can just be like, Look, I've literally I'm I'm taking honesty right now. Exactly. Um so the kidnappers. The kidnappers respectfully looking, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> respectfully looking. Milo and Cheen, do you need a third? Just asking. They are the, the most the most late two thousands looking couple as well, and I love it. Yeah, honestly, yeah. respectfully, res- in the the most utmost respect, looking in your direction. Do you need a third? <laughs> Obviously, they're not the best people for doing it, but they're they're redeemed by the end, and it's all good. But I love, and you, I've said this before, when a companion, when the Doctor and a companion get separated, it's when some of the best episodes happen. I love it. Um, and I love that she gets kidnapped, you know? I love that she gets kidnapped. And it's, but the reason I love it is because the reasoning behind it is so good. And it's such a good way to progress the story because obviously in this world, it, uh, the current new New York, obviously everyone's stuck underground with the cars and you need to be have access to the fast lane to, you know, hypothetically go fast, which obviously means nothing as we know. It's revealed that they're just stuck down there um, and it's an illusion, you know. Um, but yeah, they, they kidnap Martha because they need three passengers to get in the fast lane. And then also she finds out that Cheen is pregnant. So that kind of, you know, adds a whole layer to the story. I just love all of the reasonings by, behind Martha getting kidnapped. I think it adds such good pacing to the story. I really like that. And I, Yeah, I think it, it's good because it gives you two places to focus your attention throughout the episode. You don't really get bored. And also, um, and also I've complained occasionally when companions and doctors get separated, but it's only if they don't have anything to do. Or Martha's not like actively participating in the story. Her like character journey, the conversations that she has with them, the dialogue yeah. that they have and the things they discover is interesting and keeps the story going and is sort of a rich characterize. So it doesn't annoy me as much as sometimes when they do it and it's just kind of the companion could just kind of flail around in danger. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. It's really, uh, you tell me what you think. Every time it's revealed how long it takes for them to drive further, even though it's not further, as we find out, there's no further, there's no getting ahead. They're, they're just in this loop, stuck, probably going around in circles and they don't realise. Um, when they're like, oh, look, uh, Martha, I'm really, really sorry, but like we will drop you off the minute we get out of here and you can find your friend. And then what was it like? They said, oh, how long will that take then? And she's thinking, oh, a few hours. And they're like, what was it, six years? Six years, yeah. Every time they say it, I just go, oh? Like, every time it shocks me. I'm like, that's so cool and interesting. Obviously, it's not a good thing for Martha, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's so so interesting. And Martha has a very David Tennant, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Moment, yeah. It's very, very good. She's also too nice to her kidnappers, I'll say that much. Like, obviously, she's annoyed at them and she nearly tries to shoot them, which she obviously never would. But it's the fact that she's actually immediately too nice. The way I woke up, I'd be like, if you don't tell me about a right fucking now, I would strangle, I would strangle those people immediately. I'd be like, take me back. 
right now. I'm not. I'm not here to pit companions against each other, but I can hear. I can hear Rose fussing and moaning. Oh yeah, for sure. For a lot. Donna. <laughs> Donna would roll up her magazine and swat oh. them on the head until you know they <laughs> took them back. Oh my god, no, Donna would be so funny in that situation. Um, but again, though, all that being said, I love the. Martha being a doctor is relevant and yes. she rips that patch of honesty off of the pregnant woman because yeah. she's a doctor. Don't do drugs yeah. when you're pregnant. It's very good. Exactly. I like it. But it's not, you know, it's not it's not played up, it's not really hitting you over the head of it. It's just, you know, of course, Martha's reaction seeing a pregnant woman taking drugs is to be like, yeah. fucking don't take drugs. Jesus Christ, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Exactly. It's so I also love because when the doctor tries to find Martha he also goes back and asks the market people, like, what's going on? And they're like, you know, she's not going to come back. They're on the motorway. And he's still not understanding, like, the motorway. Like, I don't get it. And then he is very... I really love how menacing he is in this moment, how dark he gets when he's just like, here's some advice. Pack up and leave because this closes tonight. And you're thinking, they're probably thinking, who the hell are you anyway? But, you know, by the end of the episode, they are packed up and they've left because he's that menacing and, I don't know. It's my favorite, my favorite version of ten, as you know. It's great. Angry, in command. Um, that being said, I did have like a little giggle to myself, not because it's a bad moment, but the moment when Martha gets kidnapped and the car flies away, and he runs to that railing and just like screams, <laughs> Martha, because it's very tenant, it's very loud. It goes on for ages. It's right in the barrel of a camera lens, and I am just imagining the behind the scenes for that. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> making the best me laugh. One, the best one is. Donna! That's my favourite from Runaway Bride. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's so good. It's so, it's so tenant, isn't it? But yeah, so then you get Ten trying to go on the motorway and that's when Brannigan and his wife come into the picture who, here's the thing, I love cats. We know this, we've said this already. Love them. Love the cat people. Love the cat nuns. All of that is wonderful. We'll get to it more later on. But Brannigan was so random. Like, yeah. That talk about the most random people you've ever met. I wanted him to be with the top hat guy. He was fun. Mm. Especially because Brannigan Zero is like a piece of stunt casting because it's Zard, you know, Zardalo Hanlon, right, you know, comedian, actor from Father Ted, amongst other yes, things. Yes, 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 yes. We yes, hate yes. Father Ted because Graham Linden. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it's like a well known bit of casting. Well, see, um, I didn't know who he was. I still don't really know him that well because I don't watch the show. But um, I knew that he was someone yeah. of note well, in he's British not in, acting. He's not you know, in much really, you know. No. So yeah, I always think, oh, it's it's a Daryl Hanlon. Oh, amazing. I um, just find it so funny that a actual woman can give birth to kittens. It's, it's so, so adorable. But the more <laughs> I think about it, the more it kind of stresses me out. You know. Yeah, it's really like the, stressful. The more she keeps, t- the more she keeps talking about it, the more I'm like, oh. are they gonna, are they gonna look, are they gonna look like Brannigan, and they just gonna be cats? What are they happens? gonna be cat people? Or are they just gonna be cats? Like, I have so many yeah. questions. Why do they just look like kittens with no human features? And you give birth to a litter. Okay, fine, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fully on board. I'm here for it. You know, it's, it's very, very fun. Despite you know, despite uh, him not being a cat person. As we found out in, yeah, fear her. He's I need more ten holding kittens. It's very cute. I'm glad that we you know got rid of 
10 not liking cats because that was like I said it was really silly um I'm so happy that he's just holding kittens and it's adorable and I love it so much um yeah. I was actually holding kittens today fun fact uh I went to my friend's house oh. and oh. she has just got three kittens and they are the loves of my oh. life I'd die for them and they smell oh. so good oh. <laughs> kittens smell so good um but yes so yeah and then we've got you know this element I love I love that people are able to talk to each other in the different cars. And I love the mm. set design for all of the different cars. Like the, um, they're not Cassini sisters, but I'm going to call them the Cassini sisters because that's what they're referred to as in this episode. Um, love that their car looks like a living room. It's the best thing. The whole of, the whole of New New York is so homophobic as to oh my God. call the marriage couple sisters. Like, Brannigan, just say you're a homophobe and let's move on. Is oh, you know... Um, I'm an old-fashioned cat, so he says. It's like, yeah, great. They're still not sisters, though, are they? You fucking idiot. <laughs> I do. I mean, of course, I do like the you know, the joke there is that we've also just had like five minutes of chat about how his very human wife has given birth to like seven kittens. Yeah, literally. And he thinks it's weird that two women are together. Literally. Also, you know, pre-same-sex marriage in this country, very good, quite a statement to have. That just very casually in the episode, they're married, they're cool. They're Russell really cool doing characters. it again, as always. They're very, you know, they're very lovely, very sympathetic. They're not a joke, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Exactly. Um, I love something I really love. And again, it's more angsty 10. Yes, give it to us is when he's like, have you ever seen a police car? What if there's nothing out there? It's like he's getting really existential and dark, and I love it. He's like, what if there's nothing out there ever? What if you're all just going to die down here? <laughs> I think he's just like, that's the, it'd be really hard, wouldn't it? If you're in that situation, it'd be really hard to hear, but also someone needs to someone needs to say it. those questions, rather yeah. than just having blind hope that everything's going to be okay. Exactly, and I think, I mean, there's a lot of really amazing messaging in this episode, which I do want to talk about later on, but it's it. Someone needed to bring it up. It's everyone's thinking it, and someone needed to bring that up. But yeah, I do love how the human race has kind of just continued, and they're all doing their thing in these little cars. Like you know, they've got a toilet in there. They can recycle waste products as food. I know that's disgusting, but it's kind of really cool at the same time. I know. Yeah, it's, it's like cool. it's it's crap crackers. We can call it that. It's called yeah. crap. It's crap crackers. You know. But what else are you gonna do? Not eat a rice cake made of human shit? No, a crap cracker. A crap cracker. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was very innovative. It's it's innovation. Yeah. 
And we love it. Yeah. And also, you know, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it tastes fine. Exactly. But yeah, it's... I don't know. I just feel like what was really well developed in this episode was the fact that there's this community... Not community, but these people, this whole, you know world of people and they have an established way of living and you really get a sense of what that's like like you know they probably drive for a few hours and then they all stop at one point and go to sleep and then get up and then like you know they're they can make food using their own waste which is just weird and insane they also they they have stop-offs don't they they stop off every like six months or so yeah yeah there's a there's a um you know a lay-by yeah hard shoulder kind of thing you know which is where, you know, 10 comes out of. I don't know. I just get the sense of this society that's had to adjust and we're really in there and we get it. But that's why the daily affirmation is so lovely. Oh, it's so lovely. Like, oh. Like, yeah. their situation is hopeless, but everybody having the same kind of hope and... Yeah. I don't know, joy, like, in that yeah. situation. is it's really, it's really lovely. I like that scene a lot. I do have a question, though. Mm. Do you think they low-key cry every time they do it? I mean, <laughs> you would probably, wouldn't you? I mean, I know that Thingy cries. Um, Brannigan's wife, Cheen. yeah. And Cheen, yeah. yeah. But I feel like though Cheen especially kind of makes sense because uh, yeah, the fact they've only just gone onto the motorway. Yeah, and, and... Um, they're in danger and all that. About yeah. to be in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Browning's wife, yeah. Less sense, but you know. Sometimes you suspend the the disbelief to make it more impactful on an audience. Yeah. But just thought I'd ask. You know. Just thought I'd ask. No, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a valid question. She would have heard it every day for twelve years or however long it's been, but you know. Exactly. Sometimes it's nice just to have that little little cry. It is lovely though, because like as soon as the as soon as the singing is done, obviously you know Milo and Cheen go down with Martha to the fast lane. And it's so creepy. I think, like I said earlier, I'm going to keep repeating it. I love the design of the cars, even though they look like camper vans from the outside, like the CGI of them or whatever you want to call it. Um, the inside, it just, you really get a sense of the, of the space. You really do. Yeah. Um, like completely and utterly, like it's very convincing. Um, and then obviously the sounds start to occur. And Milo's like, it's it's the airing, it's, it's the vents, for God's sake. And it's like, you know what, Milo, you could tell me that and I believe you because you're just stunning. You're a stunning man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, we're about to die. And I'd be like, that's okay, baby. We're here. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know. And again, this is where like I think it does fall a bit flat because you could have all of this without the macro. Like, you could have the sounds, you could have the malfunctioning, you can have all of that without... It could perhaps... it could just be air ducts, you know? I do think... So, okay, back to the macro then. I do find the design of the macro very silly. But they are just crabs, you know? Yeah, like they are just crabs. There's nothing special about them. They're crabs and they're crabs that aren't particularly convincingly rendered in CG. Yeah. Um, of course, we are robbed of having any of the Macroterra surviving other than a couple of sensor clips so we don't really, other than a couple of a couple clips, know what the macro would look like in action but of course yeah. the original macro props very funny Yeah. Um, 
Like, the Makutura is one of those weird stories where it has different vibes. When you watch the animation, it's, like, genuinely just a really good piece of TV that's genuinely well-crafted. Like, oh, I see too. Beautifully written, scary, interesting. But, of course, you add the animation onto the top of it and you get, like, really, really realistic, like, you know, quite scary red crabs as well. You know, the crabs in the, yeah. in the animation of the Makutura are, like, massive, sentient, quite scary-looking crabs. But as a part of it, it's like, I wish I could see the original because the writing and everything would be good, but also I'd be having a great time at the giant, trundly, plastic yeah. macro props just kind of flailing their claws around. It'd be great fun. I'm re- We're so robbed of that not existing. I do like the visual, though, of the car flying through their claws. Yeah. I think some of the scale seems a bit off. You know? Sometimes they seem smaller, sometimes they seem bigger. But like when you put them next to their like, claws and they're like, their car could be crushed in a single claw, it's really cool. It's cool. It is cool. But you make such a good point there, actually. Um, the scale is really off sometimes. I feel like the tunnels of, uh, sorry, the uh, motorway of the cars in there, it looks really big and spacious, and sometimes it looks really cramped. And I'm like, make up your mind. Or it's probably just that part of the motorway, I guess, maybe. that Maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. But And how'd they get down there? Who dumped Who dumped all the macro in? <laughs> well, that's it. So obviously we know how the people got there, but the macro is like, what's happening? Don't yeah. understand. Unless it was explained and we just both didn't listen. I doubt that because we've seen it both a lot, you know, this episode. So I don't know. But no, I mean, I feel like I feel like you could be like, oh, they were attracted to all the car fumes. So they moved in. But, you know, it still just feels a little. They little grew underbaked. down there. I don't know. I don't know. They grew. I don't know. What do crabs do? I don't know. <laughs> what do crabs do? One of my favorite moments of the episode, though, like really and truly it would have been my standout moment, but that's for something else. Um, uh. Yeah. Is the doctor jumping from car to car because Brannigan and his wife are boring. Uh, they're really boring. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stop calling her his wife. It's actually kind of rude. One sec. Valerie. Her name's Valerie. I don't think I heard Valerie. that once. Maybe once when Brannigan no. introduced her, but after that, you don't hear it at all. Um, so that's, you know. But yeah, not his wife. Valerie and Brannigan. Valerie and Brannigan are boring. So boring. Yes, you've got kittens, but come on, live a little. Fucking hell. So <laughs> uh, the doctor's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and do it myself. Um, and he jumps from car to car, and you see all the different sets, and it's really fun. I love it so much. And then he's got his little bandana on. Um, I have not seen, and this is a direct challenge to the great listeners. I have not seen anybody cosplay a variant of ten. Yeah, a little bandana with the please little goggles. Come on, please. And then, and then, yeah, so we get the lovely posh top hat guy um, who's very fun. And then he sees the macra. Um, I love that shot of them looking down at the macra. Mm. I thought that was, it really gave a sense of like space and the gap between them. I thought that was really cool. Really interesting camera choices in this episode, actually. Yeah. And you get that really nasty, before Ten could clear the smoke away, you know, yeah. the fumes. You get that kind of, you can see them all moving, but it's so dense, you can't see what it is. It's like, you know, somebody you get the like, horrible like, groups of insects and stuff, yeah. and it looks like whole patches of things are just moving, and you're like, what the fuck? And you realise it's like loads of loads of things. It's, yeah. it's creepy, it's a good idea. It's really creepy, and it's so fun. Um, okay, quick, uh, I, I, quick quick question, quick, yeah. hot, off the, hot off the press, it's... <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. Satellite five, we got the questions. Um <laughs> I, I assume I assume it's Top Hat Guy. So excluding Top Hat Guy, who's your favourite motorway menace who who ten jumps through? Unless it is just Bowler Hat Man, then you can just say Bowler Hat Man. 
Bowler hat man. Yeah, no, he's giving. Yeah. Uh, it's very fun. Obviously, the naturist vibe, vibe. But they're my yeah. favorites. But bowl hat guy is yeah. my fave. Like I like I like all of them, but you know, you're stuck in a car, you're stuck idling for twelve years. I'm I'm not gonna worry about doing my laundry. laundry? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Come on. I will say what was really fun is, you know, the guy who's painted white and his whole car is white. Is he based off of similarly to the guy in New Earth who's completely white? Or that's because he has um, that fever, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe he's unwell. Maybe. But then I like also later there's just a guy who's just all red. Yeah, that's true. And the guy oh, was it all red or was it all white? Am I being silly? No, there's two. There's two. Oh, there's two. Okay, fine. Yeah. But also the guy who's all white has like loads of medical supplies and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So maybe he is sick. Maybe he is sick. He's quarantining mm. in his car, as he should. Um, and Tim broke it. Yeah. Stupid. Don't break quarantine. Stupid. Um, <laughs> and then we get our girl boss. The girl boss of all girl bosses, Novice Haim. I love her <laughs> so much. I actually really, really love her as a character. I think the character arc she goes through in the show obviously she's not in it that much she's only in two episodes but yeah but I like when she's introduced in this episode you think that she might be bad yeah she's got a gun she's trying to get him it's so good and she's in grey she's in grey yeah she's in grey but she's good I love as well that Ten has the endless non-stop puppy dog energy that he sees her recognises her not the same he goes not the same gives her a massive hug then re- yeah, then realizes that yeah, last time you saw her, she was evil. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh, get off! What are you doing?" She's like, "You've got to come with me right now." You know, she wasn't like she wasn't one of the worst ones in there. No, she wasn't though. She's just no. kind of complicit in what the cat nuns are doing, but you know, she's far from being the worst. And one. she thought you have to remember with novice Haim, she thought she was doing the right thing. Like she was genuinely yeah. convinced that she was doing the right thing by, the, you know, her the oath that she took to help the sick. You know, but obviously she then realizes it's like. Actually, no, that's really morally corrupt. Uh, really weird. Um, and like I said, I love the arc she goes through in this in the show because her and the face of Bo are besties, obviously, you know. They're like that. And if you can't see what I'm doing, it's because I'm crossing my two fingers together. They're like that. Um, <laughs> and I love that, you know, she grew with his guidance and, like, you know, he spoke to her about, you know, whatever they spoke about. God knows what they spoke about for how all those years just looking after the cars. I'd love to know. Um, Was it like 25 years? Something like that. It's insane. Um, Long time. I also love, side note, I love the actress's voice who plays Novice Haim. Like, her voice is so soothing. Like, what? Yeah, it's very relaxing. It's great. But yeah, I love that the face of Bo's in this. I think that's so good. It's so good. And the last time we see him. Properly, I guess. So much to unpack there. There's so much to unpack only, there. And he's only in three episodes, and he's a, such a massive part of the show. It's so good. I think the way that they weaved him into the story is so good. Like, because obviously the doctor, like, what's going on? Is like you know the people down there aren't lost. They they're saved. Like, we had to save them because the bliss mood patch went viral, and everyone wanted to have it. But then the the compound became airborne. And then it, you know, everyone got infected. So, like, they had a mini pandemic for literally seven minutes and everyone died. So they cleverly locked off the Undercity and all the cars. So then, yeah, it's... I do wish they explained that a little bit more. 
But whatever, it's only a 45 minute episode. It doesn't take me out of it too much. Um, mm. But it's the way she's like, you know, they're not lost, they're saved. Like it's, at the end of the day, if you're with the people that you love or you're able to speak to people you love, it's all about community. It's all about people that you're with. Like, I mean, the people are on their own. That's quite sad. Like Top Hat Guy. He probably only just joined, to be fair. Like, he didn't strike me as someone who was there for a long time. But, like, you know, Brannigan and Valerie, you know, Cheem and Milo, the the sisters, except they're not sisters, you know. Um, as long as you're with people you love, that's the main thing. Obviously, it's not a good situation that they're in, but I just kind of love that messaging of, like, we did what we could. Like, this was the best scenario. If you do you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like I'm not explaining that very well, but... Yeah, and then, yeah, the face of Bo just sacrificing himself, just so, every, it hits every time. Every fucking time. Especially when you can contextualise that it's Jack. Yeah. The last thing that Jack does is, like, sacrifice himself to save an entire city for people. He loves humans. He is a human, obviously, but he's a bit of a hybrid human. But, like, he, the last thing he did was save you know, save hum- all the humans. And he also imparted really, you know, the advice, not the advice, the, the you know, the message of you are not alone. And again, the way that's all weaved in is just, oh, chef's kiss, it's so good. Um, I mean, he could have just straight up gone, listen, here's, here's the gig, sis. I'm Captain Jack. <laughs> I know, you. I know, you're shocked. I'm about to die. Listen up. The master's back, bitch. Go to the present and sort that shit out immediately. Now. D- don't fucking waste your time. Go, 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 go. You know? <laughs> um, I like... I love that moment, though, because... Obviously, I get chills because I know what you are not alone means. In it, but... Tenant's very... Very oh scared-looking face when he says that is... His performance. Upsetting. Wow. Yeah. It's... His performance is so good. Like his facial expression, the way it just shifts in the moment is so good. Um, I will say though, one thing that was incredibly cursed was the face of Bo lying outside of the case, the glass case on the floor, like just as a lump, like a head. It was very cursed. <laughs> Which is why I don't blame Martha for just kind of walking in and going, oh, what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, that, literally like, though, that would like be your there. reaction. Yeah, it's a giant face on the floor. I'm like, oh, oh, like, just a big fuck. old face on the floor. What's that? Jesus. Like, you know, when you see him in the jar, it's a bit more okay. In the jar. <laughs> the jar. Yeah. But it's, it's like I said, when the <laughs> when when the jar, no, the case was like cracking, that was so sad. I was like, oh my God. And then like novice Haim crying and like you just know that she's just so heartbroken. Because that's essentially yeah. her best friend. Like Yeah. You know? I like the idea of like the face of Bo cracking some like one liners at her, like flirting with her as a friend. <laughs> Over the years, can you imagine that? Cause oh, yeah, because it's, it's Jack. It's still going to be like, yeah. Um, so we get that, and everyone's saved, and they're all flying upwards, and it's lovely. It's so lovely. I love that. I love that moment. Everyone's performance is spot on. Like every oh. single car that it cuts back to, they all look so overjoyed, overwhelmed with emotion. It's beautiful. And I love when Milo, Cheen, and Martha are like, when they're stuck, and they're like, right, come on, we need to get out of here. And then they start up the engines, and it's like, um, you know, dun, dun. All the strange crane all the strange, strange creatures coming in perfectly as always. Um and yeah, they all fly up and it's lovely and all of that. And 
Yeah. But you then get the you get Valerie holds the kittens up into the sunlight. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's lovely. That's really nice. Um But then you get a scene that you really love because you mentioned it before how much you love it. Um mm-hmm. this gorgeous, lovely, wonderful chat at the end of this episode with Martha and Ten. Yeah. I love I I'd love everything about it because I love that he's trying to deny any kind of character growth that he's had in the episode. Because there's sort of scenes where he's like, Yeah, I lied to her, that's kinda not great. And then at the end he's still like, Oh no, it's all fine, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. No one to see you behind the curtain. It's all okay. I'm feeling yeah. fine. And I love that she just decides to sit down and not put up with it. Just sit there. I love the way she's like, You never say, why not? Why do you never say, speak to me, stop lying to me? And it's just Freema's performance. I mean, Freema in this episode is so good. Mm. Um, She's amazing. But this last scene, I do wish it was that tad bit longer. But I do like the way the conversation fades. Yeah, you just get that lovely pan up into everybody being free and, you know. But then it's also because the landscape, it's kind of sunset, it's also orange, which is kind of Gallifrey vibes, you know? Yeah, like it, it's that lovely thing of, you know, while we're hearing the conversation about what his home used to look like and his home is destroyed, well, you know, here's a shot of him saving someone else's home planet, saving their city. Oh. Like, ah. it's what makes the Doctor such a good it's what makes the Doctor such a good character because all that emotional baggage and, you know, you've just saved millions of people from experiencing the same kind of trauma as you. It's lovely. Man, this is a good episode. Wow. Wow. And, and Ten's performance is lovely as well. Oh, Tenet is God. giving so much in that scene. And the music, Abide With Me, so beautiful. But yeah, I think we mentioned it before because I think I was bringing up the thing that I heard in that Mr. Tardis video, right, where the, the, the line where I think he says about the leaves on the trees being silver is like a direct lift from when he's like, see how Susan describes Gallifrey. Oh, yeah. All the way back in the first season, which is very, very lovely. But yeah, so I, I yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's a lovely, lovely ending. Thematically, it all ties together. Get some good acting. Makes you yep. very sad. Good stuff. Good stuff. So now we're at the wrap up. Our classic wrap up, where we talk about our standout moment. Something that didn't work in the episode. Our most doctory moment and our favourite quote slash quotes. Elliot, going to hand it to you. As always, first, what was your standout moment or moments from this episode? Standout moment or moments from the episode. I like a lot of it, but I think it would probably be the speech at the end about how beautiful Gallifrey is. Very nice, very beautiful. I like hearing about Gallifrey more than I like seeing it. And it's a good performance. So, Agreed. well done. David Tennant, actor. <laughs> you He's there, not. David. <laughs> uh, thank you for your services. Um, that would have been mine, but the, the death of the face of Bo always sends chills up my spine. <clears throat> like, it's so well done. That's fair enough. That's my one. So what didn't work for you, then? Um, I think I'm going to... I don't know. I, I feel like I've, I've complained about the macro too much to say the macro, even though the macro don't really work for me. Um, to have a you know to to harp on again about how I just you know I think the the patches just aren't touched on enough and they feel slightly too irrelevant. They should either be fleshed out more or removed from the story. 
in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But what's a moment that didn't work for you? I'm going to say the macro because that's how I feel. Uh, yeah. I really sat <laughs> yeah. at the end of this episode and I was thinking really hard. It's r- really difficult for me to find something bad, but I think the macro is the main big thing. Mm, that's fair. Um, because they are not great. <laughs> so, 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 what was your most doctory moment? And I feel like there were so many in this episode because he's back mm. on form <sighs> in this one. He is, isn't he? He's back swinging. I think maybe there's there's lots. I think for me, if I was to be like, yeah, what's a what's a classic? Especially tenth Doctor moment from this. It's it's when he replaces the Sally Calypso hologram and tells everybody to drive up. It's yeah. so Yeah, oh that is Because like I love because I love I love Grumpy Ten, I love Moni Ten, you know this, I like him but also in my heart, most closely what I associate him with is just really big moments of kind of cheesy hope and joy. That yeah. yeah brings a smile to my face, and that is that moment for me. I want to change my answer. Can I change my answer? Because that <laughs> is so. I was what I was going to say was, uh, him going from car to car because he's so impatient that he's going to just find Martha himself. But yours is no. That's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so favorite quotes then or quote? Uh, funny enough, even though I did like this episode, and I do enjoy it. I, I wasn't like going. Oh, that's an all-timer line. That's a great line, you know. Like, I wasn't picking up on much. Um, I think because all of the dialogue that I like is quite heavy. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make a note of that really quick. Um, so for me, just a a little a little fun one, you know, because I've we've talked about all the heavy stuff. It's uh, just what every city needs: cats in charge. You fucking stole mine, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> New New York can start again, and they've got novice Haim. Just what every city needs: cats in charge. You bloody stole mine. Well done. Bastard. Great minds. Yeah. You're so right, though. This episode's more like, because you're so in it and you don't really think. There just isn't. It's so well written. And it's a shame that there's more of a standout line in a way, but that is the best line for me. But yeah, it's. I agree with what you said just then about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So out of five, then, what are you giving Gridlock? I. I had a really firm set number when I finished the episode. Um, and talking about it is maybe sort of going like, oh, I did I did have a good time. And I did have a good time. I do think that, you know, it's it's pulling, pulling towards something being great. And it's not sticking his landing um, by having two kind of elements that don't really work. Mm. And I do really like it, but I think, think it's a three, because I think about the episodes in my mind that's a four, and like you know that's that's like n- almost perfection, but I can't give everything a, a five. And I think about this, and I think, well, this is almost achieving being really good. It's still good. I'm still having fun, but it's not really good, mm. in my opinion. Okay, in I think that's a fair score. I do the moments where it score. shines. Are are not necessarily frequent enough, and the things I don't like are minor quibbles. Either they're sort of big mm. plot elements, so you know I still really like it though. I still really like it. I, I think that's a fair score. <laughs> I do think that's I a fair score. Mm. What about you? It's a four, baby. This is a four for me. Uh, oh, yeah. 
it's a very well contained episode. It's so unique. Unique episode. Um <laughs> I just love the idea. I love the characters. It's so believable as a world and as a society, the whole society and everyone trapped down there. Um, face of Bo, big old face. You are not alone. Brilliant. Novice Haim, girl boss, slaying the day away. As per usual, I hope she has found solace and she has found, she's gone into retirement because she fucking deserves it. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's a four. I just, I was going to give it a three and a half, but I just, when I think about this episode, it's near it's near perfect for me. Like it genuinely, genuinely is. It's just the macro is a massive letdown for me. That t- that takes a whole point off it for me. But yeah, that that that's four four out of five for me. Three out of five for you. Overall, good solid episode of Doctor Who. If you ask yeah. us. And I mean, like you know, let's be honest. Compared to the fucking Shakespeare Code, we're having a great time. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like I'm having the time of my life. This is like yeah, this is like watching. Or the best episodes of the shows have forgot of when you watch it next to the Shakespeare Code. <laughs> yeah. And remember, everybody listening, you are not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean that as in you've got a secret arch nemesis from <laughs> the time that you forgot. I mean that as in we love you. <laughs> we love you. We love you lot. And stay safe on the roads out there. <laughs> but also, if you do have a secret arch nemesis, please write into the show. Um... <laughs> yeah, do. Let us know. Give us, give us some content. Well, that brings the curtains down on another very smoky episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I hope you had fun. We sure did. If you were stuck in a gridlock, you could just listen to this ad nauseum. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash Come Along Pond podcast. We have one tier. It's a companion tier. It's £3. And for that, you get a shout out on the show. Just like Lewis, like River, like Bulldozer 7113. Like Jason, like Becca Johnson-Smith, like Harry Potts, like David Cummings, and like Jack Wilson. They've all pledged to us, all that lovely lot. We appreciate what they're doing. As we always say, if you want to help, if you want us to have a P.O. box, that's the place to go. However, do you just feel like supporting us normally? That's absolutely fine. You can engage us anywhere you want. Send us an email, comealongpondpod at gmail.com if you want to be as cool as MJ, as Ian, as Nat. We will read you out on the show and broadcast your various Doctor Who thoughts to the wider world. That being said, you can support us on our various social medias. We are on Twitter at ComeAlongPondDW. There's an announcement every week an episode goes live, and if you tweet at us, we very well will probably engage with you. However, we're not very active over there. Where we are active is TikTok. We are on TikTok at ComeAlongPondPodcast. Over there we post little little bits, little fun vignettes of us saying silly, goofy things, usually as an episode goes live, so you can get a, a fresh taste of the kind of hot takes we're going to be having in a brand new episode. It's a lot of fun over there. Really good for engagement. Give us a follow. I would be shocked if you are not following the TikTok, but please do. However, the the creme de la creme is Instagram. That is where we post everything. Don't like TikTok? Fine, we got reels. Don't like tweets? Fine, we don't have an equivalent for those. But still, we post stories, we post everything over there. When episodes come out, updates, anything you're looking for news on, Instagram is your one-stop shop. Send us a DM, you know? Send us a DM. We will engage with you in some form. Follow us over there. Come on, Pond Podcast. Anyway, even if you don't do all of that, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Honestly, 
what a fun time as always. What a fun time. It's so so lovely to have you that's right, you, just you listening to this. I see you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And join us next week. We're going to America. Unlike David Tennant, who's really upset about it at the time. Going <laughs> to America, we got goofy accents and the campus Dalek two parter to exist. I'm so excited. I'm so it's excited. Be great, great fun. I can't wait. Dalek. In... <laughs> Let's save it. Save the accent. Save the accent. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> In, in uh, fact, in the next episode, guys, we're just going to be talking in really crappy Brooklyn accents for the whole thing. Yeah, Welcome to Come Along Palm Podcast with Elliot and Damla. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would just be it would just be lots of me going, hey, yo, oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apologies to any listeners from Brooklyn. Uh, and again, yeah, apologies sorry. to Nat for uh, the potentially insensitive Australian impressions and Ian for the potentially offensive Scottish impressions. So sorry to everyone. <laughs> Let's have our fun. Anyway, I've been Elliot, that's been Dan, well, that's been lovely speaking to all of you, and we give you air from our lungs. <sighs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 There is no such thing as macro. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.